0: Podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in digital world. I am your co-host Jeremy Roberts. And with me always is my co-host Samir Khan. What's up?
1: Hey Jeremy, how are you?
0: Good, man. How you been?
1: Very good, man. Yeah, Yeah. we're starting to things are starting to open up. So I'm I'm looking for that. Like it's been a long time sitting at home, although being productive, but but at the same time, like I want to go out there and start meeting people again.
0: (laughs) I I, I agree. I mean it's it's not just that businesses like restaurants and gyms and things are opening up but it's also businesses are opening up and they're starting to start to do business again and I right. think what's really important I think what's cool about the topic today so today we don't have a guest on but today is a is a topic that Samir and I have been working on for years really as consultants as digital marketing experts and consultants is you know as you start to go out back into the world and you start meeting with your clients, how do you do discovery? Right. Mm -hmm. How do you go and do, and I guess what we're calling this today, it's um, I guess digital marketing. um,
1: Well, how do you conduct a a digital strategy session, right? A Digital
0: strategy session. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think with that, you know, this is, this is going to be a longer podcast. So we may be splitting this out into two, two episodes. But um, the first episode here, what we want to do is, is go over the nuances, and, and it really starts with the concept of the why, the what, the who, and the when. And one of the things that Samir and I are really big proponents of is the book by Simon Sinek, Start With Why. You know, and and it, it has so much meaning, it's so relevant, and it's not going to expire. It's not like his message is going to go away, but it's really important to understand why you're doing this. And one of the things that we understand is like, Samir, you know, you can give some of your thoughts on it before we get into it. But when we start meeting with clients, how many people or how many other consultants have you heard that go in and just start talking and haven't even asked a single question yet? Right. And they go and they start talking and saying, well, I think you should do this and do this and do that. And you're sitting there facepalm and you're like, you got to be kidding me. You're guessing you haven't even asked a single question yet. Right.
1: Right. No, it's funny you say that because I, you know, everyone gets this LinkedIn emails from people. And, uh, the other day I got this LinkedIn email and this guy was like, okay, we're going to help you generate $70,000 for your organization. I'm like, and that was his first email literally after connecting with me. And I was very surprised. I was like, you don't know nothing about my business. You don't know how we do business. You don't know. I can't understand the, the OPEX or the CAPEX. You don't understand the, the digital implications technology like you don't earn nothing and you're just blowing out of the thin air that you're going to give us produce and generate that much revenue uh, and uh, and I, I literally responded to him and said you need to check your facts dude before you before you propose something you need to ask me questions so i can give you more information and then you can get educated and then tell me how much more potential i have before jumping Ooh. to the conclusion
0: and it's not just that. I think you should look at your current employer and see that $70,000 worth of new business generation is really nothing to, <laughs>
1: it's like, right? yeah,
0: exactly. yeah so, same yeah. with, same with me. You're absolutely I, yeah.
1: You're absolutely yeah right. I, I
0: have people that ask me to to generate leads for, for my employer and I'm sitting there thinking, come on, man, we don't need your leads. We don't need help with video editing. I think we're right. kind of like the experts in, in creativity and video editing. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what's cool about this is the first part of the of this podcast. Um, when we go in and we're talking about doing discovery or really breaking down the digital, you know, the, the digital foundation uh, of of what somebody's currently doing. Think about it like this: it, typically, what you would do is you would go in and you'd have a whiteboard session, right? And you'd be able to use a whiteboard and you'd be able to write down all these different things. Spend a few hours doing that because of the COVID times and a lot of, not a lot of offices are still open. Think of this as a over the zoom or over the air scenario where you're maybe using Excel spreadsheet or something like that. So let's start with the first one. So we're going to start off and we're going to go into the specifics of why, of why. So when you're getting ready to do a deep dive into a company's digital experience, right. Or what they're currently doing today digitally, the first thing we're going to do is start with why, right? So, we're going to say, why are you doing this discovery? Why are you doing this deep dive into the client's digital activities? Right. What does it mean to them? Right. You know, like what questions should you be asking? Like, are you there to just check off a list or are they trying to solve for something? I mean, I don't know from your experience, Samira, as going going and being a digital consultant, you know, what are some of the whys that you think that, that people have wanted to solve for? Like, what are, what are they looking to do? with their business
1: yeah, and that's a great question jeremy because i think at the end of the day it goes to the needs of the organization right you know first you need to address i always like to approach in terms of first we need to address the needs then the wants especially mm-hmm. during the current time and the time of crisis uh and and i will give the example like someone is in the need of uh, a lifeboat if you're trying to sell them a yacht it's not going to work yep. right at <laughs> the same time if they are already going, already progressing. If they're selling them the lifeboard, it's not going to engage the value that they need. Yeah. And it goes back to the idea of let's first identify the needs. And typically, depending on the type of business that you're working with, the needs are going to be, we need more customers, right? Yep. And we want our customers who are already paying us to stay longer with us or pay us more frequently. Those types of, the models that to those three basic needs for a business. And then you dive into, for each of those needs, you say, okay, what, what does that mean to get more customers? Are you generating a pipeline already? Are you getting a flow of leads already? Is the pipeline conversion rate optimal? You know, is, is things moving forward with that? To Going back to what you were saying is, yes, we need to identify that why, uh, but at least have a very base understanding and get clarity on- So do your the, research. Yeah, what do- are the businesses and what are trying to do?
0: Yeah, because I mean, I, I, I've I've gone into businesses before and spoken to them, and I remember that, like having to do three, four days worth of research. Where if they're publicly traded, yeah, I went in and I did, you know the, you know the the twelve K or sorry the I forgot what they're called ten K reports, the annual reports, all those different reports. But then also I looked at news articles if they're privately traded. It's like what has gone out, who works there go look them up on LinkedIn, go do a whole bunch of research. Right. Cause you don't want to be in that meeting and not understand who they are and why they're doing business and what, what makes them tick. And the other thing is, is like, you have to understand your role. Like, why are you there? <laughs> are you there because they just want to hire an external agency or an external person to come in? Because one, maybe they don't have the expertise. Um, you know, uh, you know, maybe they don't have the time. Or maybe they want an outside uh, third-party point of view. Who knows? So ask them why. It's really, it's not a bad thing to say. It's like, okay, why is it important to build a connected understanding and connected value between you and your client? Because then you don't look like an idiot. I I hate to say it, but you you go in and you build more value. You have to be able to build that connection. And the other thing is like, it's all about resonating with the client. And you have to understand their point of view right? Their information from their point of view, if you go out and you look at external KPIs, like if you do like a, what's that called? The, um, a comparison where you do like compare, uh, your website traffic or their website traffic versus benchmarking. another benchmarking. Yeah. That may be something very superficial. And then once you finally go talk to them, you're completely thrown off. You're like, wow. Okay. I had no idea that you were doing this kind of business. So why is so important? So the next one there is is the what, right? So when we talk about what, we'll then say, you know, what is the, the format for this discovery, right? So how are you doing this? Ideally, we talked about doing this on a whiteboard, um, but right now, one of the options is imagine doing that through an Excel spreadsheet, right? You can do an Excel spreadsheet where you build it out and build it out in sections, and maybe you share that on the screen with them. But you know, some of the things that we talked about, let me give some of my opinions. Um, that I was thinking about before and Samir I want to get some years, but it's like, what are you doing today? And how is it working? Like write all these things down. Like what, what is driving your business? Tell me all the different things that are driving your business. Is it working? Yeah. yeah. Is it not working? Um, let's see. So uh, let's see, there's four that we, that we came up er- with earlier. So the second one that I have here is like, what would your ideal look like? What would be the perfect scenario for you to look like? It's like, what are you doing today? Is it working? Is it not working? Then if you were to say, if I were to snap my fingers and everything were to be perfect in the future, what does that look like? Right?
1: Yeah. So I I agree. I think it's uh, like you said earlier with today, with being remote assessments are becoming extremely important, Mm -hmm. right? Because assessment are something that you can just simply go do an assessment using a Google form. You don't have to have something very complicated or sophisticated mm-hmm. like a Mars Brig or Disc Profile or anything like that. You can just start with a simple Google form, set up the questions. And that's how I got started. When I do the assessment with different clients of mine, uh, we send them a Google form, has a bunch of questions. All they got to go do is, is I answer the question and then give me a really good profile or where do they stand as an organization? What are the opportunities? What are the gaps? And how I can be more proactive Mm-hmm. when i have a, the assessment discussion so the first step is the assessment the second step is the assessment discussion which you can again have remotely so there is no personal interaction there in, in person and you learn from that assessment discussion on what you have initially discovered by the response from this assessment and then how you can educate the client to, to what you were saying is where you are today and where you want to be and then where are the gaps and how we yep. can help you solve those gaps. So I guess
0: I guess from your standpoint, uh, what about the KPIs when you're talking about the what? What do you think about that?
1: From a KPI standpoint, uh, again, depending on uh, the type of initiatives that we want to drive for the organization, right? You know, someone could say, okay, I have a customer generation problem for them. Clearly, the KPI is to be able to generate X number of leads mm-hmm. uh, or a period of time or X number of opportunities or opportunity revenue. Versus if a customer is focused on retaining the, their clients, their concern is going to be the opportunity to reduce the churn rate because they're probably losing a lot of customers. So the churn index or churn rate are simply the uh, car declines. Uh, yeah. You know, The decline could be another simple metric. I like to make it very simple to start with. Again, some organizations, depending on the size, uh, how large or small they are, They may have uh, very complex requirements Mm -hmm. for needs of the KPIs. But most of the time, what it boils down to is identifying those simple three to five KPIs that you can measure over time. So ask him, like, what are you tracking? What are you tracking?
0: And what are those KPIs telling you? Right. It's like, (laughs) some people are like, well, I track these KPIs. And then the question I asked after that is, okay, so what do those KPIs tell you? And they're like... Well, I don't know. They kind of tell me the same thing every week. I'm like, well, that's not good. (laughs) Because your business doesn't, it doesn't say the same every week, you know? Um, Cool. So, okay, so let's go to the third one. So we have four of these. Third one is who. So who should be in the room? Who should be in the room when you're doing these sessions? Like, Who is the ideal group of people that you go after that are going to contribute to the conversation? Let me throw out some, and then, Samir, you can throw out some. I think for me you got to have people that actually run the day-to-day and you got to have the strategic people, right? You, you can't just have the director and above or VPs that just have this pie in the sky kind of goals. They're great to have, but then you don't understand the nuances of the, of the people that are actually running the business from a day-to-day. If you don't get that, how are you going to really know what's happening? How are you going to be able to create change? If you, all you have is this really big concepts, you know?
1: No, I agree. I think uh, going back to the type of organization, sometime you may be working with a smaller organization where you have a CEO founder mm-hmm. and then you directly work with the CEO founder as that person is a whole and sole decision maker. Yep. But then when you start getting to the medium and large organization, you prefer to have a steering committee, right? Yep. And that steering committee could include uh, people who are in IT, depending on how the digital and needs yep. are spread across the organization or they could be within your marketing departments. they could be within your operational department, then you may wanna have uh, some senior decision-making people that have the ability to go make decisions for their part of the role and responsibility or their department. So it's kind of a mixed bag and, and a specific example, like uh, on several occasions, I've had people from marketing mm-hmm. leadership, sales leadership, IT, mm-hmm. uh, some cases, operations and finance.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and maybe product too, depending. Product,
1: yes, absolutely. Yep.
0: And, but I think that mix of people, and and I think there's a limitation. You know, for me, I think the biggest room size I've had was like 22 people, and that was overkill. Um, that's way too many people. I think an it ideal size. St-
1: one of my organization. <laughs> thirty people on the call. You're like, yay,
0: thirty people, and, and only like two people talk, right? Um, exactly. But I think like. 10 to 12 people max is a good one. You know, two or three people from each department is always usually a good one. That way everybody has a, a time frame. So I guess yeah, when it comes to- I like that. I think
1: 10 is, is the max, right? Yeah. yeah I, I agree with you. 10 is definitely the max.
0: Yeah. And then when it comes to the last one, so we talked about why, what, who, the last one is when, right? When should you do these sessions? At the beginning of your building the relationship with the client and how long should they be? So let's start with the how long. Well, let's say you have 10 to 12 people in a room. I've seen these maybe two to three hours, right? It takes like two to three hours to really get into it because it takes like the first 20 minutes to really get people to open up. And then after that, there's like side conversation. Obviously, you can take like a 15-minute break and stuff. But like there's like side conversations and people talk about these. They go down rabbit holes. What I've also found out is that when one group is talking, another group sometimes says, wow, you know what? I had no idea that you guys were doing that. That's really interesting. And it starts to open up conversations between them. So you need that amount of time, you know? Right. Um, But I I guess from your standpoint, Samir, when do you run these
1: sessions? Like how early in the conversations do you do these? That's actually a very good question, Jeremy, because a lot of people may completely think out of the box and say, oh yeah, you do that at the beginning, right? Which is important. Yes, you definitely do that at the beginning of your interaction and relationship with the client. But you may want to do that at least to have some level of frequency, right? So you start with that initial kind of kickoff relationship building, not requiring session, and then maybe yeah. later in the year, depending on how long your engagement is with your client, six months, you do a reassessment and see where the client is, how is mm-hmm. the things that you have implemented progressing. And that could also be an opportunity for you to provide uh, a, a, a results, right? You know, based on where we started, where we are today. You can share the results. And milestones yep. right and uh, some organization you can also do quarterly uh, it may be overkill for certain organizations that are large because for large organization you don't see things getting implemented until a year or two has passed <laughs> yeah. depending on what type of digital initiative you're driving but if it's a smaller agile environment then you can definitely start to do on a quarterly basis maybe do a more a bridge version on a quarterly basis and then annually you do a much more expansive version where you do results as well as the next phase of the discovery results, next phase of discovery and so on and so forth.
0: I agree. So I think what that is, is that really concludes our first part today. So we want to do is a short little, you know, part one of our podcast, and then we'll come back in the next session and we're going to go over the details. Like here are the various elements are going to go through discovery. And just to give you a quick teaser, it's we're going to talk about acquisition, personalization, segmentation, conversion, retention, content, assets, data, digital foundational goals, digital growth goals and digital maturity goals. We're going to go over everything. It's going to be that's fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like that's going to provide a lot of value. for energy.
0: Very cool. Well, uh, thank you guys um, for podcast part one of, of, I guess, what are we calling this one today?
1: How do, how do we do a, a digital strategy session?
0: Digital strategy session. There you go. It's officially titled. Yay. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, um, thanks again for this uh, short little podcast and we'll see you guys uh, next time. Thanks. Yeah.